This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey guys, quick thing. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Mook Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Mook Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with Mook Delivery. So the only question left to say is... Are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus, rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello and welcome to the Guna Talk back again with you guys for another episode of what is the Arsenal Raw Reaction Show joining you the morning after Arsenal's 2-1 win over Wolves in the Premier League. Thank you so much everybody for joining us. It is very much appreciated. I hope you've had a fantastic weekend so far. I know that yesterday's result has certainly, certainly helped. Helped the mood, helped the feeling, just helped us in general kind of understand more about where we are as a team, what things we need to learn to improve and there were still so many positives to take from yesterday's game. It wasn't exactly, I think, you know, it wasn't exactly like what we wanted, what we expected. Um, but uh, in the end, the three points is the most important thing. Um, so let's just, you know, keep those fingers crossed that uh, results like that can keep coming, but in a more relaxed easy fashion. I think that's the way forwards. Uh, good morning to those joining us in the chat box. Thank you so much for doing so. Um, no headphones this morning. I don't know if I left them on the train. It's fine. It's not a big deal. They're only like 16, 17 quid ones from Argos. But uh, <laughs> it's really annoying because I'm used to hearing myself because it really helps me focus. So, And I haven't done a show without headphones in a long time. So if I messed anything up, that is the reason. I may have to go and get some replacements today, um, but uh, which is really annoying because I'm we're in that phase now, like where we're at the start of December, right? Where you're getting asked what you want for Christmas. Well, actually, you probably were asked as I was like a month ago, what do you want for Christmas? We need ideas. Give us present ideas for Christmas, and I'm like, everything I want, I've bought, and I can't. Like, I'm one of those people. If I want something, I just I usually go out and I get it. Like um, I don't like waiting for like, using it as like a birthday or a Christmas excuse. Hence why you're seeing me wear the Ian Wright shirt. I got home from the game yesterday and the missus turned around and said, have you bought yourself something when I've been asking you for Christmas ideas for like weeks? And I was like, um, maybe, 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 maybe I did that. Yes. Um, so, <laughs> so yeah um christmas ideas a thing but again i just i need when i need something i need it like i don't need it on the 25th of december i need it now uh and that's the issue of trying to plan things for christmas uh Pika, who, good morning to you uh matt tomo uh, who i saw actually in a picture 
uh, with the Chicago Gooners having a fantastic time yesterday. Uh, Steve, Arasilki, John, Jose, Leopold, or Dave, Paul, um, Jean, Temi, Guna from NZ, Rob, Bob, Stephen, Franklin. We've got Ray. We've got Sabre. We've got Marcus, Stevie, Sean, um, David, Martin. Uh, thank you, everyone for tuning in. It is very much appreciated. I'm seeing a lot of your reactions to the shirts. Uh, Matt G says the Ian Wright top is fire. Um, Sean says, haha, I see you went and treated yourself with that top. I did indeed. Um, good morning for Javier from Madrid, uh, joining us as a Spanish Venezuelan gooner. Fantastic stuff. Um, but I think it looks quite good. I think it's quite good. I think maybe we should do a poll in the chat box. If you're listening on audio platforms, of course, they will not apply to you, although you can hop over uh, to YouTube to get yourself a glimpse of what it looks like. And we'll get a poll set up, I think, probably for the second half. We'll run through the news. We'll run through the stories of yesterday's game. And then we'll get a poll going as to your thoughts on yay or nay regarding this Ian Wright show. I didn't like it on the website. And I was like, I need to look at getting it. But now I've got it. I kind of like it. I think it's one of those, the once you've got it, you like it. Um but I'm kind of, I, I like a, a black shirt. I know it's got a lot of white aesthetics on it, but I think it's quite nice. Plus, uh, black and gold is a, is a great combo. Anyway, I've rambled on for four minutes. I'm going to get all those moaners in the comment section. Four minutes? He's not started talking about the game yet. So let's uh, let's crack on, shall we, before they start getting annoyed. Uh, Arsenal 2, Wolves 1. It could have been another 6-0, uh, but we couldn't finish our dinner. Um, certainly was a game yesterday at the Emirates. It was very cold. My fingers would slowly typing um, <laughs> across in that press box. Uh, very, very cold game. I was wearing my biggest puffer jacket that I've got to try and keep warm. Um, but the players kept us warm with a very good first half performance in particular. Um, we absolutely blew them away in the first 20 minutes. And that's been the biggest thing about this season. You know, it's been the biggest thing about the fact that we haven't scored early. We haven't scored and put away teams quick enough in games. And after 20 minutes... After 20 minutes, it really did feel like we were going to be on for another 6-0 absolute battering of our opponents because Saka's goal goes in, Odegaard's goal goes in, and then all of a sudden we're creating more chances. Wolves really aren't producing anything. And yeah, it, it just was not, in the end, it was not that. And we'll talk about that. But first of all, let's talk about the goals that we did score. Bakai Saka scoring his 18th goal contribution of the season. Unbelievable stuff. He could be hitting 20 goal contributions well before the end of the year if things carry on as they are. Fantastic performance, I think, again, from Bakayo Saka, who has really found his groove, found his rhythm. Um, lovely bit of movement. Uh, and Tommy Asu as well, which we'll talk about more so in a bit. But Saka weaving his way through, finished with his right foot really good. I think that's been one of the biggest things about Saka's game is that he's developed his right foot. He's developed that right foot to become a lot more deadly um, and certainly he he used that to his advantage. Yes, there was a little bit of fortune with the ricochet getting the ball through to him in the end, but I have to say, uh, I'm not moaning. Uh, a really good performance again from Bakar Saka, who is proving again the reasons why he is and that there is no debate about the fact that he is world class. Martin Erdegaard, I think, though, is back to his best. A man of the match performance from him, a fantastic goal of which I love this photo because you can see the look on Declan Rice's face is pretty much the reaction of all of us. Just a bit of like, what a goal. What a brilliant, brilliant goal. We'll talk about Zinchenko's involvement shortly, but Odegaard with a trademark finish. You know, he really has been popping up in that position so many times for Arsenal. He just pops up in that area. 
gets into the right position, calls for it, screams for it. He's unmarked. He just finds a way of being unmarked in that area so many times. And uh, I love this from Amberley. Odegaard back in the Ozone. I love that. And I feel like that middle, that, that area of the box is the Ozone. Um, I love that. And believe that's my comment of the day. That is um, the ozone uh, of the area where Odegaard pops up and gets those finishes is, you know, really key to his game. And after coming back from, a, you know, after coming back from a both a hip problem and of course mainly the concussion, that that concussion is a, an injury, an affliction that can really be difficult to return from. And so to see him do that as quickly as he did and to be, you know, getting back that muscle memory of, of moving into those areas and doing what he did, the little flicks and tricks were back as well. It was one of his better performances. And it tends to be when Arsenal play well, it's because Erdegaard's playing well. And that certainly stood true yesterday. Now, I said we talk about the assists for that goal. Alexander Zinchenko, the good, the bad and the questionable is what I've titled this slide with Zinchenko because... He was so good going forwards and he's so important to what we do in that final third, the way in which he progresses the ball, the way in which he moves the ball forwards, the combination play with Jesus before setting up Odegaard was was a fantastic piece of play. There's a few times where he was like dinking balls into the right areas, but, and it is a but, and it's frustrating because it's a but, but defensively is where his critics come to the fore. Is defensively is where Zinchenko's critics do come out and then they have reasons to because Zinchenko does have vulnerabilities. We are quite vulnerable in behind, but it was obviously Martinelli. Thankfully that Martinelli was there sprinting back, defending really, really well. And I think that, you know, Amira says, so basically a typical Zinni performance. And like, I think it's unfair sometimes to associate Zinchenko with being a bad defender because actually this season we've seen a lot of really good performances from him defensively that have been, you know, above what we've come to expect from him. So I don't think it's, say, like a typical Zinchenko performance because this season, that hasn't necessarily been the case. We have seen some good defensive displays from Zinchenko this season in an Arsenal shirt. And I don't want to say, like, this is becoming a stereotypical performance where it's good going forwards and not so good going backwards because actually defensively he has been pretty good. But in this game, the errors were very clear. And if you've seen this viral clip that's going around, someone filmed his reaction after the game. And he was visibly irritated with his performance. He was in deep conversation with David Rea after the fixture as well. You know, basically apologising to David Rea about his mistakes. Obviously led to Wolves' goal. And a fantastic finish from Cunha. Yeah, obviously, the defending's got to be better. Um, yes, the mistake is made. But we do also have to defend, I think, that situation better. But when Cunha gets into that position, my goodness me, what a fantastic finish from the Brazilian. Um, really, really strong goal from him. And uh, he's having a be much, much better season for Wolves than you ever would expect. Um, but yeah, Zinchenko, the goods going forwards, the bad going backwards and uh, you know hopefully that return we see a return to what we've come to expect from him more so uh offensively and defensively this season in the coming fixtures i would start him against luton but i think it's probably if we've got both of them fit tommy Asu and white to face uh, to face uh, villa brighton and liverpool now david raya i think that was his best performance and i've not seen enough people talking about david raya quite frankly after that game you know, it's almost like it's taboo to, to talk in glowing terms about David Raya because there's all of this rhetoric and story, you know, around the Ramsdale Raya situation. But when it comes to a good performance, we need to praise it. And he made some really, really good um, 
instances and actions in this game. Obviously, Zinchenko's error where he pokes the ball past. I think it was Saliba. And he Chan Huang is, is through. Gets out really quickly. Blocks it really, really well. Um, really good instance there. Obviously, the save he made from uh, Mateus Cunha as well in the second half. Really good, solid save. His collection from crosses were really, really good. Really calm. And we needed that calmness at the end of the game as well from Raya. And that went understated too. His distribution was calm. I mean, when you compare this performance from Raya to the performance of Ramsdale against Brentford, where he had those under pressure, the the distribution from Ramsdale really was questionable at times. This was kind of a perfect display of what Raya can do, both short and long passing. Really, really solid. Really, really good. And yeah, I just didn't think that he had the and wasn't given credit by the fans anywhere near as much as what he deserved following this game. Thought he was really strong, really solid, and was very much well worthy of the praise that uh, I'm certainly giving him this morning. One person, though, that I felt like didn't answer his biggest critics was Gabriel Jesus. He had two fantastic chances, one of them with a little glancing header from Gabriel Magalhaes, which he then kind of skied over with his then. It's it's difficult. It's a difficult chance because the ball changes direction at the last second. He's then got to try and get a foot on it and then get it on target. So I absolutely understand why that is a difficult chance, but you would like to see him maybe do better in that position. But it is the chance that you can see on your screen here when he was laid in on the left-hand side into a perfect position to finesse the ball round Bentley. And it was just, he made it a really easy stop for the goalkeeper. And it is those types of moments which I'd like to see it. Whether he was offside or not, you know, it's a measure. It's a moment in which we can find out whether or not um, and what his finishing is like. And you want to see him finish those chances. Those are the instances, you know, those are the instances where I want to see more. You know, I want to see more from him. I want to see a, a, a real clinicalness about his finishing however we also have to flip the script of this because I don't want this just to be bashing Jesus's finishing because without Jesus we don't score the second goal Uh, there's no way that second goal happens because he's so on it he's so uh, switched on regarding the pass back to Zinchenko which then lays back to Erdegaard really involved in that goal and all of the build-up and all of the dominance of the first 30 to 40 minutes of the game, Jesus is so involved with all of it. So involved with everything, all of the movement, all of the passing, every single build-up play. He has some kind of impact on that. If only he had that finishing, if only he could really just you know, finalise and refine that side of his game we really would have one of if not the best strikers around who can do it all not just be clinical but that is obviously so perfectly adept to playing in Arteta's system as a center forward but when he doesn't score and when he doesn't have these moments where he doesn't take them it doesn't quieten down the critics it doesn't quieten down the talk of transfers and that's why I asked him you know I asked him the question after the game against Lawns in the Champions League about links to other players. And, you know, he said he's ignoring it. He said it happened a lot at Manchester City. But it's not going to stop until, obviously, that consistency in his goal scoring and his finishing comes forward. What One of the things he said during that conversation was that he doesn't miss many chances. But it's games like this where we're like, well... You say that, <laughs> but you, you do miss a fair a fair few of them sometimes. But the overall game is is what 
we love him for, what we really enjoy in Jose's play. And let's be honest, he is the best striker that we've had at the club for a very, very long time. Um, you know, I, I say a very, very long time. I know Bamiang was not was here not so long ago, but in terms of like an Arsenal style number nine, Jesus fits what we want in a number nine. But he just doesn't have. If he had a Bamiang's finishing during a Bamiang's peak, you know, we'd be looking at a player that is is almost perfect um, in terms of the number nine position. But stylistic, stylistically, he's perfect. It's just those, it's just the finishing that you want to be. It's just the clinical nature of that finishing that that we've got. But I think on a talent level, he's by far the most talented centre forward we've had in a very, very long time indeed. Um, I do want to give, again, more props to Takahiro Tomiyasu. Tomiyasu continues to impress. Of course, he got the assist for uh, Bakaya Saka's first goal as well. I love this moment where he tried a back heel. Didn't, didn't pull it off at all. It just dribbled off the pitch. But he turned and he smiled at the West End. He just smiled at all the fans because he tried a back heel. And, you know, there'll be games in which, obviously, we don't want to see him do that. We want to see him have a perfect performance. But what you can take from that is that he's growing in confidence. He's growing in self-belief. And he's learning and he's appreciating more what he can do on a football field in terms of the final third, you know. And that development, you want to see players evolve. You want to see them grow. You want to see them get better. And Tommy Asu's confidence in going forwards just seems to be improving every single game. He's a centre-half for Japan. He never really played in a position where he was firing up the wind for, uh, was it Bologna, I think it was, he was at previously where we signed him from. He wasn't necessarily that player that you think of as a traditional right-back. But Arsenal... He's got those traits of what's made him a great defender, but he is learning and growing, you know, into a position where he's, you know, he's becoming one, I think, one of the most consistent defenders, consistent fullbacks in the league. And Ben White's in trouble, you know, Ben White is in trouble because Tomiyasu and him are really a strong competition. In terms of his injury, we don't really know what it is. Arteta talked about maybe being fatigued. He looked like he was holding his calf. I doubt he'll be risked for the game against Luton on, on, on midweek. Hopefully he's back for the Aston Villa game. So I think we're going to need to play White and Tommy Asu in that fixture away from home to give us a good foundation for the game. But uh, yeah, let's let's wait and see. Hopefully it's not too bad. Hopefully it's not a problem. Just to round up yesterday's results, though, of course, Arsenal beating Wolves 2-1 as we discussed. Brentford getting a good win against Luton Town and inspired Luton Town, who we, of course, will be playing on Tuesday night. Very cold. Um, that's going to be an interesting day. <laughs> uh, Burnley with an utterly dominant display and a huge win for them in the relegation battle with 5-0 result over Sheffield United. And then Everton, despite their uh, despite their points deduction, getting a 1-0 win over Nottingham Forest. Steve Cooper not happy with the referees. I haven't been able to see those instances yet myself, so I can't comment on them. But that is a huge, huge win for Everton. And Newcastle United beating Manchester United 1-0 in I mean, it was, again, a game where it could have been far more than just the one. Manchester United are awful. They are awful. So bad. Like, they are terrible. They are an awful, awful team. Eric, 10 excuses. Like, oh, well, they had an extra day rest. Oh, well, we had to get a coach. Oh, who would who imagine that? A football team having to get a bus to a game. I don't think it's ever happened before. I don't think anyone's ever had to get a bus. You know, I... It's Manchester United. They should be on like hoverboards going to the game, should they not? How very dare they have to take some form of transport that involves a road to a game? Goodness gracious me! It's, it's no surprise they lost. There's no, you know, who 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 on earth wins a game when they get a bus? Who on earth wins a match when they have to get a coach? 
He's just full of excuses. When are people going to wake up to the fact that Ten Hag is just nowhere near as good of a coach as what people used to think that he was? Um, the, the people were desperate to see him join Arsenal and that Arteta had to be got rid of for him because he was clearly going to level things up. Mikel Arteta is just a far better coach than him, just far better. And he's far less experienced than Ten Hag, but he's just a better coach. If you put Ten Hag in this Arsenal team, he's not doing what Arteta's doing with it. He's not succeeding in the same way. He's just not. He doesn't improve players. Players don't get better under Ten Hag because of anything he does. Whereas under Arteta, players continuously grow and improve and evolve and change and just unlock new things about themselves. Under Ten Hag, they're just stagnant. They get Bruno Fernandes has got worse. Marcus Rashford has got worse. Their best players have got worse under this manager. And I just can't, for the life of me, help but think that they need to move on from him. Like, from a Chelsea perspective, I don't think Chelsea could, should get rid of Mauricio Pochettino. I think Pochettino is a good coach. I think if they stick with him and they allow that project to flourish, eventually that will come good at Chelsea with the resources and the quality of coaching that they have. But from this perspective, similar to like England with Gareth Southgate, I think of it in the same way, you're not getting the best from your players. You're not improving things. You need to get rid of him because he is just not good enough to manage Manchester United. He's just not. He might win a fair few games in a row against teams they should beat. But when it comes to proper challenges, their record against top six teams is deplorable. Utterly deplorable for Manchester United. So if they've got any sense about them, they'll be getting rid of Eric Ten Hag very, very quickly because he just doesn't offer them enough. Right, let's move to part two and your questions right after this. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. And the same goes at McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with Mook Delivery. Are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Okay, let's jump into the chat box, shall we? And tackle some of your questions. Of course, you can still get tickets for our live event. Um, I met a couple of people yesterday that are going to be going. They're very excited. I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be great. Um, I met, actually, I saw two of our panelists yesterday, um, which is going to be good. Uh, it gives you maybe a little bit of an insight to who might be on the panel. I saw two of them yesterday. Um, <laughs> so I can't wait to tell you who is on our panel. We'll be releasing that information probably in the new year, uh, probably January time. We'll give you some information. So if you're waiting for the lineup, there may not be tickets left by the time that you wait for the lineup to come out to check who's coming on the show. So don't leave yourself short. More than half of them have already gone and the remaining tickets are being sold. Every day we're getting new orders, which is amazing. So thank you so much, everybody, that continues to do so. Uh, Sabro says, have I turned the heating on? Um, it is, but I'm still feeling pretty, pretty darn cold. It's still pretty darn cold here. Uh, Matt G says, was it Arteta and win the dog? Yes. <laughs> they are the panelists, Arteta and win the dog. Imagine that. 
I don't think Arteta would come on a panel with me. Can you imagine? Uh, I could ask him more questions. Uh, Matt says, if you could add any player from the Emirates era to this Arsenal starting eleven, who would it be? Thierry Henry. <laughs> I know we talk about him at Highbury, but he did play at the Emirates for a number of seasons. So it's fe- it's relatively easy. If not Thierry Henry, I'd be very curious to see what Alexis Sanchez would do playing at centre-forward in this Arsenal team. Very curious to see what Alexis Sanchez would, might be able to do in this team. Other than that, Bakary, Bakary, I nearly said Bakary Lasagna. <laughs> uh, Bakary Sanya at right-back, maybe. But Tommy Asu and White are doing a fantastic job. Um, Santi Cazorla playing left eight. Oh, Santi Cazorla playing left eight. That would be special. You've got Rice, Santi and Erdogan. Imagine a team of Rice, Santi and Erdogan. I think it's got to be my favourite player. Santi is my favourite player. So, yeah, I think maybe Santi. Santi, Rice and Erdogan as a midfield three is disgusting. Like, that's disgusting. That is just so much control. So much pure dominance. Um, so, yeah, definitely has to be Santi. Uh, in that team. But Alexis is a very close second. Uh, Ali says, will Ramsdale be sold this winter or will Arteta block for cover? My information is that Arsenal have no interest in selling him. I think if they get a very good offer for him, they will be tempted, that's for sure. Um, But uh, Newcastle's injury to Nick Pope, that could be one interesting thing to follow. Keep an eye on the Nick Pope situation. He's apparently dislocated his shoulder. He's going to be out for a very significant period of time. So maybe, maybe our Ramsdale um is uh is is on the way to Newcastle. That's maybe one that we need to look out for. Um Zuntar says, do you think Ramsdale should start against PSV? Uh, it might be his last chance to play in the Champions League. He absolutely should start that game. If David Raya starts against PSV, I'll be fuming. <laughs> Ramsdale deserves an appearance in the Champions League for Arsenal. So, so incredibly badly. Uh, Matt says, who was re- who received a yellow card on the Arsenal bench yesterday and why? I think it was Carlos Cuesta. Uh, he was annoyed. Uh, there was, I think it was a tackle in... There was a tackle in, in our attacking third and nothing was given. And then Newcastle attacked down the line. and uh, Sorry, Wolves attacked down the line and didn't get anything from it. And Carlos Cuesta ran out of his technical... Like, he was fuming. Uh, absolutely fuming. So, yeah, it was Carlos Cuesta uh, in the end. Um, let's go to Chris. He says, hi, Tom. I've been saying since day one that Zinchenko is a liability defensively. All inverted rubbish means nothing when he's so poor. Kieran Tierney could thrive when he's not injured and Havertz too. No, I'm sorry, Chris, but Zinchenko is a level above Kieran Tierney. Uh, he's a level, technically, he's just a level above. And there's a reason why Arsenal went from a team trying to get into the Champions League places with Kieran Tierney to a team challenging for a title with Zinchenko. And that's the biggest evidence that there is to suggest that we made the right move in bringing in. Yes, we can talk about his frailties defensively, but actually, this season, Zinchenko has not been too bad defensively this year. Yes, there's been mistakes as we saw yesterday, but he has improved considerably defensively, Zinchenko has this year. Like Tierney, as I said before, was a player that got us back into competing for Champions League places. But Zinchenko is a left back that's taken us to another level and has helped us turn into a team that competes for a title. And that's just simply the difference between the two. Your left back in this Arsenal team doesn't need to be a great defender necessarily. It's a bonus. And I think we'll get that with Timber when he comes back. I think that Urien Timber has got the best of both worlds when he comes into this team. I think he can play left back very, very well. And he can play in the inverted style that we like. 
But Zinchenko, for the moment, is a fantastic option for us. Yes, he's got vulnerabilities, but he he is just a far better player than Kieran Tierney. He's just a better player than Kieran Tierney. Um, Zintar says, would you consider Embuemo as an addition to our attack? He could play all over, all over the front three and also in midfield. I'm not entirely against that. I think that if you're looking at kind of options to give you depth uh, across the front three, he is a good one. But I do think there are maybe... I think maybe Arsenal need to be on the lookout for players that are in competition with the current starters. Would I rather sign Brian Embuemo or Ivan Tony? I'd rather sign Brian Embuemo than Ivan Tony. No, call me mad, but any day of the week, I'd rather sign Embuemo. I think he's more versatile. I think he offers us more. I think he's good depth for us. Um, you know, if you're going to replace Reese Nelson with someone, I'm replacing Reese Nelson with Brian Embuemo. Um let me put the poll into the chat. I said I was going to do that. Ian Wright shirt, question mark. Yay or nay? That's that's your two options. Um, you're not going to get an off. I'm not sure. You're just getting yay or nay. Uh, what do we think about the Ian Wright inspired shirt? Give us your thoughts in the comment section down below. I should move the microphone out of the way. That's it. You can see it. What do we think? I like it. It's grown on me. The away shirt didn't grow on me. This, this has grown on me. Uh, I just hope I don't grow too much on the inside because I'm on a diet. So I'm hoping that we grow down. I don't know that doesn't make any sense. <laughs> doesn't make any sense at all. Uh, Chris says, Tom, will never agree about this. I, I, that's fine, Chris. You don't have to agree. I always ask, though, when people disagree is that they, they have an explanation. I just don't think there is any explanation to the Kieran Tierney argument over Zinchenko. I just don't think there is a don't think there is an agreement, um, an argument to suggest that he's more beneficial to us because he doesn't play in the style that we want. He's not as good going forwards as Zinchenko is. And the evidence is based upon the performances that we've seen with him in the team and with Zinchenko in the team. Um, Michael says, what are your thoughts on Gary O'Neill complaining about not getting enough stoppage time and throwing shade at Arsenal for time-wasting? He also said, by the way, this is one of those things where comments are like clipped and cut. He also said at the end of that comment about time-wasting that if he was in Arsenal's position, he would have done the same thing. <laughs> so, you know, it's it's not... I can't get too annoyed because he said if he was us, he would have done the same thing. But we, if it was us the other way around, we would have probably moaned about their time-wasting. It's just football. It's just football. At first, I was like, oh, that's a shame because I quite like Gary O'Neill. And then I saw he said that actually he would have done like the same thing if it was the other way around, that he was just frustrated by it. He was frustrated that... He, was, he wasn't really throwing shade at Arsenal, really. He was more frustrated that the referees didn't get a better handle on the time-wasting because even though he would have tried his team to time-waste, he would have expected that the referees probably would have managed the time-wasting of his team better is what he was basically saying. So I'm not really that fussed. I'm not really that fussed. Marcus says, can you confirm that you saw Bailey and Umar yesterday? I didn't. I didn't see either of them yesterday. Uh, Bailey has got a new job. Massive congratulations to Bailey. He's got a brand new job um, doing some more. He's doing a lot of basketball stuff now, actually. Uh, and Umar is going to go off and do some amazing things. Very amazing things indeed. Uh, Derek says, Tom, what a machine Rice is. Uh, do you think he is pinching himself top of the league and really good in the Champions League? He's so important to us. Without a doubt, Derek. And, and you know, I barely talk about Declan Rice anymore because, quite frankly, it gets boring because <laughs> he's just so good. He's become so good that he's now boring. Uh, he's boringly good because he's just so consistent, so fantastic. His tackles are excellent. His progression's great. His passing's great. His composure is great. There just isn't a bad thing to be said about Declan Rice. He's just one of the best signings that we have ever made. Credit to the club. Credit to Edu. Credit to everybody involved in that deal. It was brilliant. Quick update on the poll. It's over 100 of you have voted now. 70% are saying yay. 30% say 
Nay. Uh, interesting. Um, I thought it'd be more split than that. Actually, it seems it's moving more towards the yay. Maybe it's because I'm the model for it. I think that might be what sold you on the shirt. Uh, Ronald says, if we need two centre midfielders in the summer, who would you sign? Would Zubamendi be one of them? Zubamendi's a fantastic player. Certainly a player that Arsenal are interested in. Not sure if he's going to leave Real Sociedad. He's very keen on being there. Um, I'm not sure necessarily Kieran Tierney's going to put a good word in or not. Um, but uh, I think you know one of them. I don't need to say his name because people basically, it's become a joke at this point. Um, you know who one of them is. The other one, is it Zubamendi? I don't know. I feel like I want to see somebody who's more box-to-box like better going forwards. Like I like Douglas Louise a lot. It would be great if Arsenal could get him through the door. I think he's come on leaps and bounds since we were last linked with him as a player. Is he the best option that we could get? I think maybe we need to be a bit more patient and see if anyone else. Jamal Musiala is a player that I keep my eye on because it seems Bayern aren't necessarily completely sold on him as their future player. Florian Verts looks like they want him. Jamal Musiala and Odegaard is an attacking midfield too. Oh, that seems like an amazing option. Um, Pakitar or Chuameni says Callum seem like they might be out of their uh, kind of out of our price price range maybe uh, for another midfielder. We'll have to wait and see. Uh, Jonas says Patino scored yesterday. He did scored a very very important goal for Swansea. Very late on, fantastic finish. If you've not seen it, please make sure you go and check it out. Because um, yeah, what a fantastic goal that he scored. And he's coming back in the summer. He's only got a year left on his deal. Arsenal are going to have to do something. Um, they're going to have to do something to try and find a way of tying him down to a brand new deal. And CJ says, do you think that Patino plays for Arsenal again? Uh, I hope so, but I genuinely don't know. In the summer, it certainly seemed like that wasn't going to happen. But yeah, let's let's wait and see what happens now. Uh, Ali says, what about uh, Frankie de Jong for Barca? He's never seen that keen on moving to the, uh, to the Premier League. So I don't know. Uh, I don't know about Frankie de Jong. Uh, Daniel says, what are your thoughts on the City v Spuds game today? Theo said a big thank you for his shout-out yesterday and put a big smile on his face. Um, thank you for that. Absolutely welcome, Daniel. And thank you for being one of our most dedicated and long-term listeners as well. What are my thoughts on the game? I'm not I'm not holding out too much hope for Tottenham. Uh, to be honest, they've got a stupid amount of injuries and players missing, um, which is great. Um, but uh, I think Man City are going to comfortably win that. Obviously, a dream result is probably a draw. Um, but if Spurs lose, I hope they get utterly battered. I say that. I don't really want Man City getting too many goals in their goal difference. But yeah, it's probably best if, it's, if Spurs are going to lose, that it's just 1-0. Um, and it gives them a little bit of hope. <laughs> Do you remember when they lost 4-1 and they could take more from that game than Chelsea could? Goodness me. Just the delusion of grandeur. Uh, Olu says, hey, Tom, uh, Mateus Cunha has been impressive this season can play in the front three. Is he someone that you'd consider? He is quick and strong and excellent carrier of the ball. Not for me, uh, Olu. He's, I, I, think he's, I think he's found his level, to be honest, at Wolves. I think he's doing a good job there. This season in particular wasn't great last season. This season, much better. Um, not for me. Not for me. Um Ronald says, I was thinking if Wurtz or Musiala would be a better option for us. I mean, Arsenal are at the top table. Like, we talk about players being too expensive. Arsenal are now in the bracket of clubs that are willing to put down big, big money on players. We've got Champions League football. We're hoping to go quite far in it. We're hoping to go high up the table in the Premier League once again as well. We are hoping we've made money on players like Balogun and Xhaka. We brought in more than 50 million quid last summer on players. Hopefully, we're going to make some more this summer on Lukonga, Tavares, Tierney. Um, who knows, Nketiah and Nelson might be able to, Ramsdale we might be able to get some good money for, you know, so we might be able to make significantly more money than we did even last summer on player sales. I guess we'll have to wait and see. But yes, yeah, certainly I think that uh, 
that Verts and, and Musiala, Arsenal should be looking and being in the bracket for these players. We should be looking at being the top table for these players. CJ Dan says, Tom, can we get Fergus in the summer? How much do you think he'd cost? Uh, I doubt it. He's just signed a brand new contract for Brighton. They're going to ask for a huge amount of money. And to be honest, I'm not sure I would sign him yet. I think there's too much, um, too many question marks uh, about that. Uh, Jürgen says, uh, would you re-sign Xhaka? No. Uh, once you've moved on from a player, we've moved on. Um, and so he's moved on to buy Leverkusen. They're doing very well over there. So no, I would not. Uh, I would not sign him. Uh, Luman says, Tom, what stri- what drives you to stream so early than the rest of everyone else? I just think we found our niche. You know, I think we found our place. I think we found our time. I like I like the fact I'm a morning person, um, and I like waking up and getting straight to it and kicking off with a show. And then it's done. You know, I've like I've now got the rest of the day to think about what I'm going to do. I've obviously got work, usually starting at 9 and 10 in the morning. So it's perfect for me. And then I can spend the evenings with my family. So um, when they're all out, you know, other half leaves at a 5.30 a.m. Alarm goes off, which is out the door by 6, 6.30. And then I can sort the show out. Um, so, yeah, it just fits. It fits very nicely into my life. And I think it works out very nicely for you guys as well. Um, let's go to RRM says the likes of Cunha and Boniface are even worse finishers than Jesus both on an eye test and stats we need an upgrade and therefore should be spending on one the difficult thing about the striker position and an upgrade is that the only real upgrades that are out there I think are Ozymen and then you're struggling you know you're struggling Tony's not an upgrade on Jesus Um, obviously Boniface and Sesco and uh, Santiago Jimenez aren't necessarily upgrades either. The difference with players like Boniface, uh, Boniface and Sesco and Santiago Jimenez are that they're younger and they could have potentially a ceiling that is higher than Jesus's. So you might have to invest in the future because the now isn't necessarily available. But as I've mentioned, in my first pick is Ozymen. If Arsenal can go into the market and, and compete for that player's signing, they absolutely should. Um, and we are, as I say, we're an elite club and we're at the top table in the market now. So why shouldn't we be going for those players? I've talked about Kylian Mbappe. I don't think it's financially going to be that feasible. I think I even underestimated his wage when we talked about him last time, to be fair, by quite a considerable amount. But, you know, if it's possible, go and do it. That's that's the thing. Um, Marcus says, what Arsenal merch are you buying your good lady for Christmas? Or are you off to the Charlton store? Yeah, I would not be buying her any Arsenal stuff. She's very, very funny about that. <laughs> I, I've got her in her an Arsenal shirt once, just once. And her dad does watch this show. So I'm hoping <laughs> she wore it once and then took it off immediately. And she felt horrible afterwards. Okay. <laughs> that's that's the only, it's the only thing. Uh, Lou Mann says, Tom, my whole family is subscribed to your channel. And of course, smash the likes as always. Thanks, mate. Very much appreciate that. Very kind of you indeed. Uh, welcome to the TGT family. Uh, Vera says, Salah versus Saka. Goal involvements this season are not close. Is Saka still the best right winger in the Premier League? I don't even know what Saka, Salah, sorry, his, his contributions are. Obviously, Saka's got 18 goal contributions this season from right wing. And Salah has, let's have a quick look. Boom, 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 boom. Salah's got 18. So it's the same. They both got 18 goal contributions. Of course, Liverpool play today, it's worth pointing out. So. Uh, do they play today or do they play tomorrow? They play today, play Fulham at home. So, I mean, Salah could score. Um, but they're both on 18 goal contributions this season. Um, and, I mean, Salah's been playing Europa League rather than Champions League as well. So that's certainly worth 
pointing out. Arsenal have also played all of the big six bar Liverpool now. Uh, I think Liverpool played a lot of them as well, to be fair. But um, yeah, I, I think they're both fantastic. I, I don't, I, you know, I don't always buy into the whole who's better than who. I think we can just appreciate players, how good they are. Um, and Salah and, Salah and Saka are both world-class players. Salah is, is better because he's more experienced. He's won more. Um, he's 31 now. You know, it's, it's not about that. I think he's a overall, you know, he's a more historied, storied player. It's difficult to compare them. Um, but Salah's def- Salah, Saka, sorry, is on his way to that Salah level of, of notoriety. So there you go. Um, yeah, you're right, John. 23rd December against Liverpool is a massive game. Absolutely. This is probably going to be the biggest game of our season so far. Maybe even more so than the Man City game. Winning at Anfield would be a huge, huge plus for Arsenal. So it'd be very interesting to see if we can do that. Um, let's go to... Uh, my says um, hot take our squad is fine just keep everyone rotating and healthy and we're good I, I to some degree agree with this I think our squad is good when everyone's fit the problem is is that everyone's not fit and that's the biggest issue that we've got you know we've got uh, we've got Timber out we've got Partey out and continues to be out Tom Yassi is always a bit of a question mark we've also got Smith Rowe out Fabio Vieira's out as well so I think the squad is good. When you look at the 25 players that we have, it is a good squad. Would I like more quality? Always. You know, I've never turned down the idea of more quality. But the problem is, and the difference is with this, is that we have players out. And so when you have players out, the bench doesn't look as good. But when everyone's fit, we have a really good like first 11 and bench. But if we can sign some extra players in January, then go and do it. Uh, Gabriel Martinelli joins the chat. He says, Bellingham or Erdegaard uh, again. I'm not the biggest fan of comparing players. I mean, who's a better player right now? Bellingham is, for me, probably the best player in the world on form at the moment. So it's very difficult to compare anyone to him. Uh, what a Christmas present that would be indeed, John, if we were to win at Anfield. It would be the perfect Christmas present. Uh, CJ Dan says, can we say Saka is world-class? Arsenal fans know it, but get ridiculed for it. I personally don't care. I hope he continues to progress, and I don't think we've seen his ceiling yet. Neither do I. I but I do think that he is world-class, yes. I mean, the guy's gone into the, cha- into the Champions League his first season. He's already matched Luis Suarez and Benzema's record of scoring and assisting in three consecutive fixtures at home. Right, that's a joke. That's a silly record to equal in your first ever uh, participation in the competition. First ever one, and he's already done it. So, yeah, talk to me. Talk to me about Saka not being world-class. There is just no there is no argument to suggest that he is not. Not a single one. Um, AJ says, Tom, I may have missed, but any update on Tomiyasu? Nope. Uh, we heard from Arteta that they don't know what it is at the moment. It could be fatigue. Apparently, he felt something. I guess we'll wait for more information in the press conference on Monday. Uh, Amberly says, Smithrow is meant to be back after the international break. So much for that. Kind of losing hope with him, to be honest. I don't know. I don't remember anything about being said about him being back after the international break at all. They'd never really been given a time frame. Hopefully, he'll be back before the end of the year. But uh, certainly, Fabio Vieira won't be. Maybe Partey will be. There's not really been too much in terms of a specific timeline on either of them. So it's very difficult to... Uh, to kind of get a better idea about where those two are at. Paul says, does our more conservative setup suit Zinchenko more than our open style? Um, No, I don't think so. I think when we play more open and more attacking, that suits his strengths of going forward. When we play conservatively, you probably want a White and Tommy Asu as your fullbacks more than a White or Tommy and Zinchenko. I think that's probably better when we play more 
you know, attacking. Um, that's the best way, I think, for, for Zinchenko to get the best out of him. Uh, Anne says, uh, what I love about our team is that we work harder than any other team. If our front line clicks like it's been doing in the last couple of games, then it will be unstoppable. And I have said for some time, I don't necessarily think that it is about Arsenal clicking. I don't think it's this whole thing about when Arsenal click, we're going to go to this elite level. I think Arsenal as a team are growing and developing and learning as a team. And it's a gradual process of getting better and better and better. I don't think there's going to be one game where it's like, yes, now it's perfect. I think it's a gradual process of getting better as everyone learns their roles more, as everyone gets better, becomes more familiar with one another. That's what I think is the most beneficial thing for us. Um, so I think it's a it's an evolution rather than it is a a building towards us clicking and finally getting it. I think we get it, but we are learning to get it more as we go through these run of games through this season. So that's that's what I, I'm more akin to to leaning on. Uh, Chris says, would you exchange Saka and Fort Mbappe? Mbappe would be that extra push. Uh, no, I wouldn't. Call me crazy, but no. I think Saka's perfect for Arsenal because he suits us in terms of his identity. He's an Arsenal man, come through the academy. Um, Mbappe has got instability about him. He's got an, an unknown factor about him because he's never played outside of France as well. Um, his wages are ridiculous and he could choose to leave. And let's be honest, he's been there's been a little bit of upheaval. So no, I wouldn't swap Saka for Mbappe. And if there's any um, indication of, of how highly Saka is regarded, it's, it's that, is that you wouldn't swap Mbappe for Saka. Not a chance. No way. Not he's priceless. He doesn't have a price tag, Saka. He is utterly and entirely priceless. So yeah. Um, Nigel says, Tom, can you give a shout out to my local team, Maidstone United, now in the third round of the FA Cup? Check the winning goal. It was an absolute banger. Indeed. Uh Gillingham also beating Charlton yesterday. Um <laughs> uh Gillingham beating Charlton yesterday. <laughs> Oh dear! Oh no! I was I was wondering why G was so quiet yesterday. But I hadn't got a text man. I knew that obviously she would usually go to those games when Jules play Charlton because it's so local to us. Um, but she was working, so she couldn't go. My parents were there. Her parents were there. Um, and I wondered why it was so quiet. And then when I checked the score, I knew why it was so quiet. <laughs> so yeah, not the not the best day. One side of the, the, the Canton side of the family won in that regard. My dad's a Gillingham season ticket holder, so. Uh, yeah, he's <laughs> he was very happy, and I'm sure be very much um, playing up to that fact when uh, we see them soon. Um, John says, "Is Smith Rowe slowly becoming a new Jack Wilshere?" I think the difference between the two is Jack was always the victim of some very horrible challenges, whereas Smith Rowe, I think Smith Rowe's more got got more comparisons to Ramsey. Ramsey's injuries, obviously, other than the leg break, were a lot more muscular and repetitive. So I think if you're going to make an injury comparison with Smith Rowe, you're probably better off doing it regarding Ramsey than you are Wilshere. Wilshere, Wilshere was not injury prone. And to people hearing that for the first time, they might be thinking, what are you talking about? He was injured all the time. And the thing is, he wasn't injury prone. He was so unlucky. He was just incredibly unlucky as a player. He got bad tackle after bad tackle. The one from Gabriel, I think it might have been in chaining Gabriel Palista, I think it maybe was. Um, he had that one against Manchester United. He was just really unlucky. And his style of play led to those types of challenges continuously plaguing his career. So I always say that Jack Wilshere was never injury prone. He was just unlucky uh, regarding the injuries that he suffered. And it was really as simple as that. And um, people say, like John says, he had glass ankles. I'm so I don't buy into this either. 
Like if you if you suffer the challenges that he suffered, doesn't matter if your if your ankles are made of vibranium, like they're gonna get broken. So you know, um, yeah, you can have adamantium, but we're using all the Marvel reference ankles, and you, it doesn't matter. Your challenges that you're getting are gonna have huge, huge ramifications on your career. Uh, Richard says, hey, Tom and everyone, how are you? And also, how is the family, friends, and loved ones? Will Arsenal will win any trophies this season? Many thanks. Richard, thank you for your very kind comment. Everyone's doing very well. Thank you very much. And uh, I hope so. <laughs> I very much hope so. Uh, Arsenal are in a great place. Arsenal are producing some great things. We're showing great promise. We're building and growing as a team and hopefully going to be building towards something very special come the end of the season. I guess we'll end the show with an update on our poll. Uh, 200 of you have voted. 75% say yay. 25% say nay. Um, thank you to those that voted. I like it. It's grown on me. I can't say that Mrs. Reaction was too positive when I showed it to her yesterday. <laughs> um, but uh, I like the shirt. I think it's fantastic. I think it's a great design in the end. And actually, it's come out in person a lot better than previous ones. I've seen the, the Away shirt and it just doesn't do it. It's not for me. Not a, not a nice kit at all. This is nice. This should become the away kit. We should wear this for away games. That'll be the way. For, I'm not sure you could get away with it. There are probably certain, not certain standards, but certain like, um, I suppose standards is the right word that you have to match when it comes to kit for games. And maybe this wouldn't do that, but uh, I think it's great. Uh, thank you everyone for tuning in. Very much appreciate your time. Have a fantastic Sunday. Enjoy, relax, laugh at Spurs later on, maybe, or laugh at City. I guess I'll be laughing at someone. Um, so that's always a good day when you can do that. Uh, other Premier League games, of course, today we've got uh, Bournemouth against Villa at two, Chelsea against Brighton at two, Liverpool against Fulham at two, and West Ham against Crystal Palace at two, and then 4.30 is that Man City Spurs game. So lots of football, lots of games to enjoy. I hope you have a fantastic day. Enjoy yourselves. Stay safe, stay well. Drop a like on the video, buy tickets to our live event, link down in the description. And as always, up the Arsenal. It's the 90 plus minute. All your mates are out and you've got a McNuggets share box ready to go and you know a late winner's coming. Your mates already got booked for a double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfection. Order now on the McDonald's app for your McDelivery. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.